Welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with me, your host, Hattie Butterworth. I'm a cellist and writer in my final year at the Royal College of Music in London, and I think we need a new way of talking. I've spent many, many years feeling in the dark about issues in the classical music profession. So often it can feel like you're the only person struggling with anxiety, depression, career doubts, money, injuries, and so much more. Who do we go to when we feel we've had enough, for whatever reason? Join me and guests as we end the stigma with honest conversations about the things musicians don't talk about. Hello and welcome back. Um, I hope you're all having a really good October so far. And I hope you enjoyed, if you listened to the episode with Matt last week, um, I enjoyed uh, talking to Matt so much and I've had some really great messages from people that found it so inspiring and yeah it was wonderful that we were able to talk openly in that way about an issue that feels uncomfortable still to talk about um, which is exactly what this has all been started for so I'm just pleased that you know it's it's clear that people are willing to share and talk even if it can feel like outwardly you still have to be quiet and silent about things that are maybe more personal or difficult to share anyway I'm rambling on um today is another one of those issues to be honest and from the start I wanted this to be a part of the podcast journey in general because it's an issue that you know I've I've dealt with it I think so many musicians actually do deal with it on varying levels But today is going to be the first of three interviews I have lined up to discuss the issues around classical music and wealth, because our profession is a notoriously expensive one and the ability to afford lessons and instruments and further study can be really off-putting for many lower income families. So I wanted to share the stories of musicians from sort of non-typical backgrounds and all of these musicians have studied in-state education right up until conservatoire or university level. So none of them um, went to specialist music schools or conservatoire programmes or anything. This was, you know, they either had private musical education or it was part of their school or county youth service. So, yeah, the first interview is with Finula Ward, Um, I really hope you enjoy these and thank you so much in advance to Finn, Emily and Maria for sharing their experiences on a topic that's felt really stigmatised for a long time. So I really hope you enjoy them. So my name is Fenilla Ward. I'm a pianist. Um, I also play the violin. I'm from a little town in the middle of Northern Ireland, kind of equal distance between Belfast and Derry, so the two sort of bits of civilization. Uh, I started piano whenever I was very, very small. So um, basically, whenever I was about two, two and a half, my mum tells me I was climbing up to the piano and kept like tapping out. She could hear bits that I'd heard from the radio or the adverts on the t- on the TV. So she was like, "Oh, so I think she maybe should be getting some lessons." Um, I kept. She said I kept going back to the piano, which is maybe not. The case so much nice. Sometimes I don't want to go near it. But um, so she, I, I spoke to her there and was asking about um, how do you find a piano teacher 
in sort of mid 90s when there's not really any internet especially if you're not from a big city where you maybe there's word of mouth so she kind of approached the sort of local piano teacher and he said he doesn't take anybody under six or seven so she actually found my first teacher in uh, an advert in a magazine quite randomly and because oh, this yeah. this lady um her name's Phyllis Rowan she had she's spoken about sort of musical interest with very very young children and how it was good for them to do music so I had a, like a trial lesson with her and um to see how I would get on and she said um Fanula needs to be nurtured <laughs> I don't remember it I remember leaving play school and my mum said we're gonna go and have a piano lesson and I was like okay sure <laughs> so yeah so I studied with her she was amazing until I finished primary school when I was 11 and then she was going to move away. So we needed to find somebody new. And we'd spoken about boarding schools and um, I'd went over to see the Yehudi Menuhin school when I was, I think I was around eight or nine. But actually my mm. uncle had been to boarding school and he put his foot down apparently. I only found this out recently. He said, you're not sending her to a boarding school. I think he'd had a bad experience. And I'm really glad I didn't. So then I went to a normal secondary school and then had lessons with um, another woman up in Derry who had just moved back from London and again found her in a magazine, <laughs> like an interview with her about um, her moving back home. So studied with her until I was 18 and then went to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland in Glasgow for my undergrad and then came down to London for my postgrad at the Royal College of Music and I've been freelancing for two years now so yeah that's it <laughs> in a nutshell so you, you've been probably quite badly hit by the recent oh yeah <laughs> events of the world oh um, yeah I think everyone has yeah 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 but as a as a freelancer have you been sort of you've, I'm guessing maybe you're starting to teach in person again yeah so I've been I do one day at a school and I've been back for two weeks and I've got some of my private students coming back face to face which has been really nice to have something to go to to yeah. kind of schedule I've got my diary out again I didn't go and search for my diary exactly. <laughs> I did the, the same <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's so, 20 pound wasted because <laughs> 2021 I, I don't know if I'm gonna bother with, with oh, the diary I'm gonna but... yeah. just use post-its or something I don't know literally <laughs> um so like I kind of want to go back a little bit and ask you know did you feel like this education which mainly probably it sounds like isn't the most typical education not many people stay in state education right mm. until conservatoire you know do you feel like that did hold you back or did your background at all hold you back in any way from your musical development uh well the older I get the more I, I really think about this stuff and the more people I've been exposed to and I've networked with from moving to Scotland and then down to London my circles become bigger and bigger and I've met so many different people from different backgrounds of education and the things that I thought had held me back in some ways have actually really helped like the fact that I well, I stayed in my I went to state school but the thing is in Northern Ireland we don't have private education there, I think there's a couple but they're not even necessarily the best schools. Our schools are all merit-based. So we do, well, back in my day, I did the 11 plus. Um, and basically, if you got an A, you could 
pick what school you wanted to go to. And there's there's issues with that as well. For example, my sister is, um, she's dyslexic, but it wasn't, she's a couple of years older than me and she wasn't properly diagnosed until she was halfway through secondary school. So for her, 11 plus, she didn't get a good grade, even though she's extremely intelligent. Mm. No one can work numbers like my sister. I used to give her my maths homework to do. <laughs> she just for fun. So she's, and she's a musician as well. She's a singer and a violinist and she's extremely intelligent. One of the smartest people I know. She got a, a C on the 11 plus and then was very limited by the schools that she could choose to go to. Mm. Um, and then came out with great results and A-levels and went off to university. And it was fine once she'd been diagnosed. So there are problems with that. But I don't think those problems are like equivalent to paying to go to school. That concept just blows my mind because it was never mm. a thing. Whenever I moved over to Scotland to go to university and we were talking about um, university fees. So I started in 2011 and that was the last year of the lower fees. So nobody was taking a gap year. And that was the talk of everyone. I remember coming over, my parents took me over on the on the ferry with all my stuff. And we were in Ikea <laughs> getting all my pots and pans and duvet and stuff. And we were having our meatballs and reading the paper. And they even had, it was all about the um, the protests about school about university fees and there was a picture of the RCS so but then in freshers meeting all these people first time I'd met people who went to private school and they were like oh my parents have been paying three times that for me to go to school and I was just like you paid to go to school what Mm. (laughs) the concept just blew my mind because my school was very very intense um the sort of school that if you got an A on a module at your A-levels, but if it wasn't good enough A, they would make you reset. You weren't allowed to go back for sixth form unless you had at least like six A's in your GCSEs. We all had to do at least 10 or 11 GCSEs. So oh my God. it was an intense school. And I was, well, I was smart, but I was pushed to, I got straight A's. And even on my A-levels, I had an unconditional this isn't like a braggy thing. This was just literally hard. The yeah. mindset that they put me into was that I had an unconditional for music college. I could have just sacked it in and not gone back to school, but I still was like, no, I need to get four A's at A-level. Of course, I need to do that. Otherwise, I'm a bad person. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a an odd experience. It was kind of like probably the intensity of private school, but without the kind of funding or... Or the, the clientele, the maybe. Yeah. yeah oh my god yes the co- yeah the, some of the characters I've met <laughs> but that's one of my points is that some of the things that you'd think maybe on paper have held me back such as not going to private school not being exposed to classical music in school as much I feel that it's shaped my character a bit more that mm-hmm. now I've finished music college and I'm out in the real world I tend to sometimes I tend to do better because I feel I'm down to earth and can talk to lots of different people and I think your attitude is a bigger part of this career path than people think rather than everyone can play that's what I found in London like there's so many people here there's four music colleges everyone's scrapping over the jobs everyone can play so if you're in the pub or getting a coffee and someone chats to you or you do something and they're like oh you play oh well I have this gig you seem nice 
do you want to go do you want to play in this thing because they could literally ask anyone hands up who can play this instrument yes 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 but there's so much more to it than that so I think that kind of education of being in a state school a very intense state school (laughs) but um which was really not music or art based at all really kind of rounded me out and gave me lots of different experiences that I think have really helped yeah so when you um arrived in RCS Mm -hmm. and you know you hadn't really experienced that kind of like musical education before like did you feel very much like an outsider or did you kind of feel like very motivated all of a sudden or how did that work um well in Northern Ireland we especially not for I'm not from Belfast Hmm. so well I grew up having I took violin lessons through the library board at school and then the one kind of thing we have is the Ulster Youth Orchestra um which is unbelievable it was just it's still one of my favorite experiences um so I got to do that for one summer before I went to college and that gave me actually a really good taster of intense rehearsals and the kind of people that I would meet um but again not being from Belfast where they have some more music education things there's still not a lot but um I'd never played chamber music before and that's what I really really wanted to do um so I remember going to RCS and even in my interview and my audition they said do you have any questions about or would you want to ask anything and I said I'm just really interested in chamber music and this sort of stuff and they're like you'll have opportunities coming out your ears like it'll be great they were mm-hmm. like play with your friends put your own grips together you can do whatever you want so I think maybe not having that in sort of all of that musical contact and um kind of resources as a teenager aside from my private lessons whenever I went to music college I was absolutely buzzing and raring to go and I had I think maybe I think some people can maybe arrive after having gone to um, especially like a musical boarding school and they can be pretty burned out and nothing and like oh great orchestra oh cool another string quartet oh eight hours of rehearsal blah 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 whereas me it was all brand new and I couldn't believe that I was now surrounded by people who were the same age as me who wanted to do the same thing that blew completely blew my mind it was so cool I still feel like that now almost 10 years later I'm still like so cool I'm in this environment all these people love all the same things that I do it's really really cool yeah I, I I totally get that like when you were saying I arrived at music college and like everything was really exciting I kind mm-hmm. of thought like oh I had that when I started at Cheatham's so yeah. I went to Cheatham's when I was 16 which was a lot later and there were lots of people then that were like really burnt out that had been there since they were eight and I suddenly felt like oh my god I'm with all the people I want to be with like they all love the same things as me and mm-hmm. then I got to um London and it was like I'm done now I'm so tired <laughs> that was too much like two years of that was too much I can't do another four like yeah I'm so like really 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 tired of this and it, it was like a continuation of a lot of stress and a lot of years of like competition and yeah. people comparing themselves and not knowing like a really fragile age when you're a teenager exactly like hard enough (laughs) (laughs) there's so so much you're going through yeah exactly and it's like 
this is the time you want to give me like marks and pitch me against my peers and like tell me that getting this kind of scholarship is like make or break or oh oh, I can't I you know I'm it's been obviously a huge ride at music college but I think it's great that you like went somewhere and felt that fresh kind of vibe I don't know so I think I think I'm not alone in being you know quite a burnt out music college person oh no I don't know anybody (laughs) who's not burnt out in some way by the end yeah yeah that crawl to the end when you graduate (laughs) and it's like oh I think um yeah with the age range of when you're going to school I think it was maybe I felt that I was missing out but I think at that sort of age I think I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase this like I think it really helped me like I never really came to the decision there wasn't a day where I was like hmm I think I want to do music it was always since kind of before I can remember the thing that I did and that I was good at I obviously Mm -hmm. had my ups and downs I had a bit of a wobbly one after we spoke about going to Yuhiri Menu and and the main reason was I was just didn't want to move away my parents were going to move to England if I wanted to go and my sister would have to move and as an eight-year-old I was like wanted to throw off I was like this too much I had my friends and I had other things. My parents made sure that I got to do everything else. I went to ballet and football club and Irish dancing and swimming club. And I went to the cinema and I did all these other things. So they made sure I had all these, not even options, just that I could be a normal kid. And that the music was always because I wanted to do it. I mean, they made me like, they they made sure I practiced because they were like, we're paying money for this. You know, we can't really afford (laughs) these teachers were sending you to but um if I had turned around one day and said I don't want to do this anymore they would have talked about it but I think they would have been like okay it's your decision that's fine and there would have been no bad blood or like we put all this money in it would have been like regardless this is a great thing to do and teaches you discipline and compassion and um creativity so regardless of what age you do it for it's still a worthwhile investment. Um, So I think being able to go through school without the kind of pressure of, well, you're going to Chet or Yehudi Menyon or this, so this is why you're here. So if you quit, I think as a teenager, you can feel like that's a failure. Whereas I was able to have a natural progression. Music was always there. There's lots of other things I was interested in. I did Mm. languages and art and English. They were all kind of my things. But had all of that the whole way through that music was always going to be the one so I think that set me up for studying it at higher education and doing it for a job where I'm very settled that there was no kind of question because I was able to question I was allowed to question it yeah yeah do you also find that like I'm assuming yeah you teach in schools you said so you, (laughs) you teach kids who probably like in terms of music have a kind of maybe a similar structure to what you had where they have so many mm-hmm. other interests maybe they're it's not their one thing they probably you know they might do something totally different but well, sometimes it's you... so hard to schedule lessons because they're like oh yeah. they have dancing and they have that <laughs> it kind of reminds me of being a kid because every day was so yeah yeah I think I think that's really like awesome that anything can happen and you haven't put all your you know eggs in one basket yeah. so early on and it's like yeah, it's that pressure that can really kill it. And I think a lot of yeah. prodigies struggle with that. And I've read quite a lot of articles about prodigies who talk really openly 
about how it's actually been an incredibly long term, incredibly difficult process to try then to re like find the love in it for the right reasons. And yeah, I was know. thinking about this about prodigies in like sort of quote marks or the the wunderkind or whatever. Because maybe I was considered that whenever I because I was so young and showed an aptitude. Mm. But I think about myself and my mindset, and I'm very I even more so as a child, I was extremely sensitive. And um even now I have struggled with my mental health. And I think maybe even if I hadn't done music, I probably still would have ended up struggling with my mental health. And I think about all these people who have this natural ability from a young age and how we treat them. And yeah. it's so, so hardcore on people who are more sort of predetermined to be very, very sensitive people. And I just think it's absolutely nuts yeah. that all of this pressure can be put on people who are more inclined to have that sensitivity. And, then, and it makes me it makes me sad. It makes me think that this was probably the only way that I would have ended up doing music is if I'd had the childhood and education that I'd had because if I, I think if I was shipped off to a musical boarding school I probably would have broken down completely I've had a couple of yeah. breakdowns each of my degrees has kind of had a breakdown in the final year but I think I probably would have packed it in if I was a kid and was shipped off I wouldn't have been able to handle it yeah because mm-hmm. you haven't made the decision like you obviously you can make a decision as a kid but you don't really know I suppose yeah the decisions you, you should be making as a kid are, do I want to go to the swimming pool or do I want to <laughs> go to the cinema? Do I want to wear my pink jumper or my blue jumper? It shouldn't be, do I want to be a professional musician soloing at Carnegie Hall? Like, <laughs> it's not the decisions you should be making at that point. No, yeah. definitely flipping not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to talk as well, because we've yeah. been talking a bit about conservatoire and all of that. I mean, how, especially in London, where it's no surprise to anyone that the rent is ridiculous, the lifestyle is ridiculous. To be sociable, you have to spend money. To be, you walk out you the know, door, twenty pound falls yeah. out your pocket. Yeah, isn't it like every day? It's like <laughs> at least that every flipping day if you leave the door. Like, so I just want to know how did you manage that in your postgrad? Like, what's your experience? What did it like? What was it like? Um. It was not. It was it was hard. Um, I think my previous experiences um, contributed that in the fact that I went to Scotland, um, where the fees were lower. I was in the last year of the lower fees, where it was ugh, disgustingly cheap. It was uh, eighteen twenty a year. Oh, God, I miss it. What? <laughs> yeah. And then whenever I was there, there was a big loophole. This is where, in, I mean, Northern Ireland, I love it, but it's a, it's a difficult place, but there are a couple of perks. So this loophole came in that if you were studying in Scotland, because Scottish students don't pay their fees. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was this loophole that it was like, if you were from the UK, you pay UK fees, but if you were, had an EU passport, you got your fees paid by SAS, which is the Scottish um, student finance. So oh, there was yeah. this, all the Northern Irish people were like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I have dual citizenship. <laughs> hmm. So we're allowed an Irish passport and a British passport. 
for my personal reasons, I only have an Irish passport. Um, so I, long story short, my mom was like, we'll apply. If you get one year knocked off, all the better. Every little helps. So I got my second, third and fourth year paid. So my undergrad was less than two grand. And then I just had my student finance, like my maintenance and all that stuff. So yeah. that is one of the main reasons why I have put myself in a lot of debt to come to London because I was like, come on, comparatively to the people who came the year after me who are paying nearly 40 grand just for their undergrad. I was like, I, it's worth it to go to London. If that's going to make the difference to my career and get me to where I want to be, mm. I'm going to do it. So my parents, um, because they, my parents are retired and um, we're working class family. Um, they couldn't help me with my undergrad, but they helped me a little bit with my postgrad. I didn't get any scholarship, any fund. I've never had a penny of funding. Mm. Um, which I know taken a sense of pride because I feel like I've gone and done it anyway. Like I kind of feel like I've proved a lot of scholarships and funding grants wrong because you, it kind of it hurts because you think, well, they don't believe I can do it. They don't believe I'm worth investing in. But I feel a sense of pride that I've done it anyway and I'm making money as a professional musician um so yeah, my parents were able to help a little bit for fees I took out the student loan which covers half and then worked I've been te- well I've been teaching since I was 16 and my whole way through undergrad as well I was teaching I did a lot of choral work I worked in the cafe at the RCS um yeah so when I came to London I already had teaching lined up but I do remember at college, they didn't ask me anything. At another conservatoire I auditioned for, it went really well, got through the first round, got through the second round, and then I had the interview, and they seemed really happy, really impressed, and were chatting to me about my pieces. I had this sort of um, modern piece by a guy from Azerbaijan. I was really interested. And then they asked me, basically, so how are you going to pay for it? <laughs> oh <my laughs> I was like... Um, I was like, well, you know, fingers crossed for scholarship. Uh, I'll obviously be applying to all the big grants and the funds, like all the usual ones, every usual suspects everybody's going for. And I said, I've all, I also, I've been working for 10 years. I worked my whole way through undergrad. So I said, I'll be, if I did get into London, I would be looking for teaching work, choral work, yeah, whatever. And they were like, oh, <laughs> and I did not get into that college. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, right. So you thought I played really well, but I'm poor, so I can't go there. So do you think Um, that's to do with commitment? I don't know. I have heard from other people who study there that they, you have to pay your fees earlier and it has now, I don't even want to talk, I don't know if it's good to talk about it, but it has now been on like one of those lists and some paper about how something about people with the richest families go there. So that worked out well. College didn't ask anything about money, but they also didn't give me any money. And then this is this is what we were talking about, that the whole scholarship thing. It feels it's a bit of a vicious cycle because I didn't get a scholarship for Scotland either. But again, it was pretty much free. So that wasn't a factor. Mm. And then at Masters, people play the different conservatories off each other. It's like fantasy football where they're like, oh, I want more money from here because then I don't actually want to go there. But the place I actually want to go to 
if I tell them that this other place is giving me an extra three grand, then they'll give me more money. And then you have people who are like, <laughs> just trying to like pay the rent because of what instrument you play. Personally, I've thought about this a lot. And piano, we're not needed for projects. We don't have to fill an orchestra. Like a conservatoire will have to have X amount of violins, X amount of flutes yeah. to put on orchestra concerts. So there are going to be a lot more violins in one year group because they need them. Piano, you're not needed for anything. So unless you kind of really, really dazzle them, if you're going to be like, oh, they might win a big competition or they might be doing this and will bring kind of glory to the name of the college, you're not really given much help. And I'd heard of people <laughs> who'd had scholarships and they're like, oh, I just need a bit more money. And they've just gone and asked and they've been given it like a top up. So then one oh time my in my yeah, this, in my last year of my master's, I was really ground down. I had a bit of a breakdown and wanted to go part time. And I went and asked, I said, basically swallowed my pride and said, is there any support that college could give me? Because I said, I just can't afford to live here. And I just can't, the amount I'm working, I can't practice enough. So my yeah. teacher's getting frustrated. My marks are crap. You know, this isn't why I came here. And they were like, no. <laughs> I was like, I cool. I not believe that. Sweet, yeah. And just kind of battled on and got there. My marks were terrible. I scraped every module. Not a lot of people know this. People are like, oh, you're doing so well. Look at all the stuff you're doing. I'm like, but, but again, I think this is carried on. I think it was a blessing in disguise because just like going to a more normal school, which wasn't music-based, wasn't private gave me all these other experiences and sort of facets to my personality and who I am and what I like I think the whole way through my master's kind of nothing that I got marked for or got credit for has been relevant to being a working musician Mm. (laughs) in the best way like because I had to work so much I was gigging I was teaching as soon as I came out of college I know so many people and I get work because of that. Just a continuation of what you're already doing. Yeah. And on a bigger scale. Yeah. The, the, the pressure of having to be like, right, I need to network. I need to sit down and send some emails to orchestras. I need to um, go out and meet people so that I can play with them. I need to impress people and do all of this stuff instead of just sitting in a practice room for eight hours a day because you don't have to pay your rent. Means oh, that now I've yeah. come out, I'm... I'm working as a pianist, which is people are like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm going to make money playing the piano. That's, that's the joke. Like, <laughs> what that's do you what I, yeah, it's like, well, you did medicine. What do you want to do? I want to make money being a doctor. Like, I, Yeah, I just think yeah. this is like the most important thing you've said. And is yeah. it's like, what kind of person do they want to come to colleges? Like, do you just yes. want, you know, 15 pianists that have in rooms and on a corridor for two years or or do you want people that are going to go out into the community and give their skills to helping you know I just don't understand that and it's like like, if you you want someone who's going to come out and be able to work as a musician Mm. whereas you'll have a corridor of pianists and I've spoken to pianists before and they're like how are you doing all this stuff and and they just kind of practice all day two years do really really well and then they kind of come out of college and rub their eyes and they're like right so why 
am I going to play the piano? Is someone going to ask me to play the piano now? <laughs> not yeah. how it works. And they don't tell you that. And they don't, mm. I don't feel they don't invest in the right places. And yeah. yeah, and the kind of vicious cycle I mentioned is that, you know, if you get a scholarship to your, if you go to a private school, if you go to a private music boarding school, you know what's going on. You show up to an audition and you're like, yeah, I've got it. I know what the, I know what the crack is. I know what's expected. So you'll get a scholarship and then you don't need to worry about money. So then you practice for four years and you do really well at your instrument. And then you go to masters and you're again, really good. And you get another scholarship and you do the same. Whereas if you miss out in one rung of the ladder, I feel you're screwed. Mm. Because then I was scrambling through my undergrad. Because even though I didn't have fees, I still had rent to pay. I had no money. My parents weren't able to help me. I had no funding or scholarship. So I was still working a lot and couldn't practice a lot as much as I wanted to in my undergrad. And then in master's, it was even worse. It feels like we don't hear about this at all. You know, and this is money is a real issue. No one talks about it. And it's like, obviously, you don't want to shame people that have, you know, have had been brought into a family that is naturally very well connected and everything that's obviously not someone's fault I always draw it back to like Harry Potter where you have people who are like pure bloods they're like yeah both my parents play in the LSO blah 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 and if that's case I am as muggle born as you can get you know and you're coming into Hogwarts and you're like what is going on (laughs) yeah you're You're given a wand and you're just like right okay cool (laughs) literally what I was thinking as well is like maybe I'm wrong (laughs) I don't think I am wrong but for the universities both of my sisters because you know we come from a lower income background both of Mm. them had nearly two grand on top of the maintenance as like a bursary that their uni gives to and I don't think that exists for music college I did have that when I was in Scotland for my that was my student loan my student finance was the Northern Ireland student finance. Yeah, I wasn't offered that at all. You ah. know, and that is crazy because, you know, they that that is the sort That's of thing that college cool. should be able to provide for students that can't that don't receive yeah. scholarships and can't afford the was, the London rent. <laughs> this is just an editing me saying that I've done my research and it doesn't look like the RCM or other conservatoires offer a bursary for people from lower income backgrounds though (laughs) this year the college have said that they want to offer two um, bursaries based purely on um, financial need they said at least two bursaries so there you go at least two people are going to get half their fees covered starting from this year every year from now on but it doesn't look as though they have the same provision that other unis do for for that anyway so I just thought I'd say that I'm not totally correct there is a provision now but there wasn't when I was there yeah I mean it was odd because when I studied in Scotland the fees were through SAS which is the Scottish Awards Agency but then my student loan maintenance grant that sort of stuff was through student finance Northern Ireland but then when I came to London for masters you don't get the student loan like the rent the one Mm. for just keeping you alive and <laughs> alive and drunk <laughs> essentially <laughs> um so I had to go through student like the English one 
for the postgrad loan that was 10 grand over the two years it's like nothing is it for London that was just for that was to cover half my fees literally yeah it's like what like I don't know a fifth of what you need really yeah because I didn't get any scholarships so I was like right great and the scholarships I hear about the sort of general amount you'll get is about two grand that's sort of what people have told me and I'm like well that's still like not enough like who can top the rest of that up for like well the thing is I know people who've who have managed to get it topped up because of their Mm. connections and who end up getting everything paid and also I mentioned earlier about what instrument you play and how that plays in so pianos it's cool to have them we don't really need them unless you're going to be apparently unless you're going to be like a concerto soloist but if you think about the needs of the orchestra or the opera I don't know a tenor that has paid any fees because no. tenors are so rare. Sopranos are fighting each other for everything. <laughs> but tenors, most of them, I really think about tenors and about like football teams trading players because they are just fighting over the tenors. To have one who's good is like gold dust. Yeah. And then you think about like violas. They need violas and they need mezzo-sopranos do very well too so it's kind of like depending on the instrument mm. you play you could already have a head start but then you also need personable people to but be able to don't. teach the piano you know but they, they, they don't. don't really think in that way like they don't think about that no it's the music college is a business mm. some of them are a bank <laughs> some of them are banks some but they are mostly businesses they have to um put on performances they're expected to have x amount of symphony concerts and operas a year and they i mean they could have a hundred sopranos that are amazing and all apply but they only need a couple you know and yet they might have only three violins who are amazing but they need 30 so it really is not about how good you are or what you have to offer after a point it's it's their affirm they need to fill certain jobs yeah and put the right people on their prospectus and oh god yeah they're all about all the potential that. about who's mm. gonna bring um, <clears throat> bring the, the the glory audience in and the glory yeah. The audience in yeah and I get that 100 mm. percent because it's not a normal uni they don't do their exams behind closed doors literally their performances and they obviously do want to be sending the best musicians out there but I think with funding and things things could be thought over a bit better about who for sure gets what. and also because to check in each year I think you should be able to re yeah yeah because say someone comes in has never been to music college and don't get a scholarship maybe they're not as confident and they absolutely flourish after a year and they're like this is the right place I think you should be able to reapply and get some help yeah that might I think that's how they do it in some places but other places I know the places you have to re-audition for your own scholarship but you can't mm. no one else if you don't get it when you come oh, in I the see. door that's you don't have oh. another chance I know people have to prove year after year that they still deserve the scholarship yeah, and I think that's yeah. fair that's good but I think everybody should get another chance 
I think you're so right. Yeah. yeah. I also know people who were fully funded, had the rent paid, were living at home, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> all their fees and all this stuff. And even from day one, they were like, oh, no, I'm not going to be a performer. I'm going to go and do this. It's like I know people who are beautiful performers and stunning musicians who can't come this year because they can't afford the fees. Yeah. And it makes you so angry. Yeah, I know everybody's really entitled does. to their own choice about what they want to do. To go into study music at music college doesn't mean you're locked down to do that. But there yeah. is a kind of attitude sometimes of, well, they give me all this money and I know I don't even want to do this. And it's, it can be a bit cheeky. <laughs> Especially <laughs> who you're talking to. I'm like, do you know <laughs> how many students I have? I ha- oh. yeah, how, many, how much work you have to do and just how many sacrifices home. you have to make just to get through your degree yeah everyone in music college is from so many different backgrounds mm. and you don't know who you're talking to and what they're struggling through or how easy they have it so nobody talks about it exactly but I think it's good to put yeah. a bit of the spotlight and see that it, a lot of it isn't very fair but you don't have to have the the boarding school background um you don't have to do that as long as you want to be doing music and you work yeah. hard so cliche if you work hard no, your I, dreams will come true but it's like if it's what you want to it. do yeah you can do it I think that's so true there mm-hmm. has to be a space for you if it's what you want like yeah and there should be definitely should be more provision made I think mm-hmm. what you've said is just amazing and thank you so so much for sharing thanks for having me do you know what anytime honestly (laughs) please come back yes of course (laughs) oh thanks so much Finn thank you